0: Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at Dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben Dua from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. And today I have with me Hannah Power. Hannah Power uh, and I connected on uh, LinkedIn, and I was just kind of compelled with some of the the content that she's putting out and some of the success that she's had. You know, TEDx speaker, best-selling author, personal kind of branding coach, consultant—just um, a phenomenon, really. Uh, so, Hannah, let's get into this. I'd love to understand you know your kind of journey and uh, what you sort of have learned along the way. I'd love to love to get some 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 tactical tips and trips tricks here.
1: Cool. Um- So yeah i guess i'll start with the the journey as to why i um why i do what i do so i was very much born into the world of personal branding and internet and all of that kind of stuff um i um you there all right okay sorry it just jumped out so um so i was very much born into it when i was six years old my parents launched the first business network um called academy which meant that I grew up kind of traveling the world with them and going to events and things like that um and watching speakers and meeting authors and all of that kind of stuff and seeing people building their brands and building their businesses so it was always something which came kind of second nature to me and was always something I was very interested in Uh, I then went and did a law degree and went down the kind of corporate route and then two and a half years into the kind of corporate London life I decided to quit and I moved to Changgu in Bali Mm -hmm. Uh, where i started my first business and that's essentially what i what i do now so i work with people to help them to define and grow their personal brand in whatever that that thing is that they want to be known for so you know we all have a thing that we love a thing that we're best at and there's so much opportunity now for us to be known for that thing um but you know it's about working out how you could properly communicate it what content you're going to create you know all of these kinds of things to build your personal brand so that's what i do.
0: Amazing. When did you move to Bali and why did you move there?
1: Um, so I moved in J- January 2018.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, why did I move there? Well, it was actually a, a long list of reasons. I, I love Bali. I had been there three times before and it was just a place that I loved. And I knew that there was a big digital nomad culture there and a big kind of big um, community that I could join uh, I also just wanted to, so apart from wanting to kind of go towards that, um, I also wanted to kind of experience something different. I didn't really enjoy the kind of um, having a job, commuting, slog. Mm. Um, it's not that I'm not like afraid of hard slug, work. Slog is
0: a great word. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's not so much that, Yeah, it's not like I'm like scared of the hard work. I think it was just I didn't feel very fulfilled. I wasn't very, I'm very driven by autonomy and having control of my time and my, freedom and my decisions and my ideas and I've always been like that so I think you know I had a good job and I actually really loved the company that I worked for it was just that I knew that long term it wasn't for me and I kind of wanted to see what I was made of so I thought I would um, I thought I'd give it a go.
0: I mean that's that's such an amazing uh, story because you know being able to travel somewhere and just to have those guts and the courage to do that just to pick up and go and to do something that's kind of off the beaten path um, I, I applaud you for that and I think that you know, now more than ever, I think it's always been the case. I've always been a true believer in the fact that we can be either autonomous as an individual or even as an employee. I mean, we're all doing that now in terms of um, virtual work, you know, but I think the other thing that's really compelling is just this idea of like crafting our life to be what we want it to be. If we want to move to Bali and if we want to be, you know, in that lifestyle, then that's just a choice that we can make. And if we make that choice, we can we can connect all the other dots uh, to make that possible. We just have yeah. to make that choice. There's no such thing as you know. Well, that's not. Po- I can't do that because of of X reason. Well, in fact, you can.
1: <laughs> yeah, I right. think I've just always been someone that when I see somebody do something, I then go, "Oh, it's possible." So that means yeah. I can do it. I mm-hmm. think that's just always how my brains work. So. When I saw all these people tapping away on their laptops in Bali, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna do that. And my friends who I was on holiday with were like, what? And I was like, well, there's no way everyone on this island is smarter you know, than me. There's no reason why I wouldn't be able to do this if they're all doing it. So I think for me, once I see what's possible, I'm then like, okay, well then why not give it a go? that's
0: awesome that's awesome and then what would you say it really connected to you to uh to the idea of of branding i was i've been doing some deep thinking about branding lately and there's this there's this vibe that i'm getting from this word branding that it's it's going through an evolution process there's some sort of a paradigm shift i mean the traditional form of branding sometimes i think of of a of a of a cattle being you know burned with that brand you know And like what is and 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 what's strange about branding is that historically I think it was more about the corporation, it was about the company, and now it's yeah. more about personal branding
1: because yeah. we're all so
0: much more powerful as, as personal brands. I mean, the the dub brand on LinkedIn is is this big, but my personal brand is is this big yeah. because LinkedIn doesn't really want to promote our, our company unless we pay for it. Whereas you know, personal content, it wants to promote that. I'd love to get your take on this, on this whole paradigm shift.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point. And I agree that I think the word branding and even the word personal branding isn't I don't really love the term. Like I use yeah. it because that's what it is. Um for me, a brand is 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 just what you stand for. It's the thing that you that you want to be known for, the thing that you are known for. Uh it's you know, it's your values, it's it's what you do. It's 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 a package of of you. And it's up to you to manage and and create what that narrative is is going to be. And I agree that I think there has been a massive shift in terms of the world, the way that we're going. Like this is why I think the personal branding space is so exciting because the rise of the individual is massive. Now, you know, we've moved away from massive trust of big corporate brands and big business brands. You know, we're not, you know, when, when all like Starbucks and Apple, they do all this naughty stuff, you know, we go off them. Like we want, we want that grassroots real people movement. We're craving it. You know, there's so much stuff coming out online about the move to authentic content about, The influencer marketing movement being changed I mean there's so much there's so much opportunity now for just normal people who are who really care about something to have an impact in the world and I think that's really exciting I think the fact that you know you know there are kids who are 14 who have started massive entrepreneurial businesses because they used to game or you know there's there's a channel I saw on YouTube like um this guy who loves basketball and he's got like two million subscribers. And I just think it's so exciting that now we can live in a world where we actually can pursue our passions and that you know if you if you take a bit of bravery and you take a bit of time to work out exactly what this all is going to look like for you, that you really can be totally in charge of whatever you want your life to look like. So for me, I think the movement of branding is a is a place of it's moved from you're defined by someone else's brand by, you know, this is the clothes I wear, or this is the food I eat, or this is the job that I have to you get to pull all the parts of whatever you want and create your own brand and your own ecosystem and your own life and your own identity. And that's what I think is amazing, because I think we are all individuals, and we should all be individuals. And if the internet can enable, you know, power to the people, then I think that's great. And I think that is the way that it's going.
0: Yeah, I love how you how you really are focused on the idea of telling our story. Yeah. And sharing that, you know, I'm kind of inspired by this idea there that if, if we don't share our own story, someone else will. And this is actually something that uh, my friend, uh, Roberta Monaco, actually said actually on this on this podcast. And I think it's so relevant now that if we don't take the time to actually tell people what we do and what we know and to provide value, that someone else is going to do that, either about us or in their own way. So yeah. I, I feel almost like a sense of responsibility For us to do that, I think what people struggle with though is that sometimes it's hard to click that red record button. Sometimes it's hard to to be authentic. I mean, you and I are vibing out. You know, we probably do this a little bit more than than other people, but for some people, they kind of struggle with that because there's an imposter syndrome or there's a, you know, is this legitimate? Is this really who I am? You know, people. If you start to take on this this personality of of being the author and being the personality and interviewing people, you know, you might get comments. Your friends might say, "Oh, who do you think you are? Do you think you're yeah, like, yeah? You know, uh, are you a want to be this or you know." So, what what is your take on that? How can we sort of overcome that hump? And is that normal for us? To yeah.
1: Well, first of all, this whole this whole topic of the fear of what people think is something I'm so deeply passionate about. I think uh. it's something which helps me back and still holds me back at times is is the fear of what people think or what they say or what they're saying behind your back and recently i've been having conversations just with people of all ages just out of curiosity from my cousin's daughter who's 13 up to like my grandpa who's 93 and just trying to understand more about this whole thing of where this has come from where we care so much about what people think that we hold ourselves back and we limit our own lives because of it and then there are some people that don't And that they have amazing lives. And I'm just trying to work out what it is that makes some people get through that fear and what makes some people not. And I think it's such an interesting thing that um, can hold so much potential and passion back from the world just because of this, like, fear-based belief that somebody might say one comment. I mean, does it really matter? Like, you know, the, the, the reality of when people say these comments is so much less bad than the fear of them doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, once you've had your first few like negative comments, like you just don't really care anymore. You just think like, you know, and if your friends, if your friends take the mick, like if my friends take the mick out of me, I, you know, I'll often just ask them, like, what is that about? Why do you have an issue with with this? What is it? Where is that coming from? And it's it's judgment and it's coming from them. Right. It's not about what I'm doing.
0: And you said that they they take the mick out of you. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah. Oh, is that an English phrase?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hit me with that. What what is that?
1: (laughs) Take the mick. Oh, like um, make fun of.
0: Okay, got it. <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry, I, yeah. So, yeah no, like, kind of...
0: I, I, I love that. I That reminds me of actually something where I had actually Marilyn Devon, Devonish was on, on this podcast and she's from London. And I had her give me a whole uh, a whole list of really yeah. interesting <laughs> phrases, British phrases. Yeah, so totally it's
1: very much like English humor is very much about, you know, like satire and making fun of each other. That is how you show, um, I guess, that you like someone, you know, there's yeah. you know, that, But at the end of the day, when you're trying to do something different and you're driven to do something different, you're more susceptible. When you're trying to be brave, you're putting yourself out there. You're more susceptible to being knocked down. That's how it works until you build up your armor. So these kind of comments can have a massive impact. And I know that that was something which um, held me back for so long. And then the thing that that broke me through it and the thing that I say to everybody when they're feeling like they want to do something, but they don't you know, they fear that people are going to say, who do you think you are or whatever it is to flip it and think about the fact that, your story and your personal brand actually isn't about you it's about the audience that you serve it's about Mm. the people that need to hear that message that need to learn from you or be inspired by you or whatever that is and if you have a skill set or a story or a passion or whatever it is um and you can share that with the world and you don't because you're scared then that to me that's not really fair so whenever i feel myself feeling fear coming up of you know, people thinking, who do you think you are or taking the mick out of my stuff or whatever? I just always stay in that like mission mode and like that vision mode of do you know what? Like I don't really care. I actually care so much about what I'm saying and I believe so much in what I'm saying that can help people, that I think that's more important than my like bruised ego about somebody saying something who I probably don't even know them. And so I think, you, I think it's about small steps, like I don't think everyone should just turn on their live video and start spousing their story off tomorrow, I think it's about, once you have clarity on what you want to be known for, and you have clarity on who you want to serve, that gives you confidence and when you have yeah. that confidence, then you can start putting yourself out there, you don't have to jump straight to like running a podcast or whatever, right. you don't have to jump there, but it is, a. I think everybody has everybody has something to say, that's the great thing, we all have something to say, whether it's to change the world, the whole world, or to change a very small world for a very small group of people. We are all driven to be good. That is how we are as people. Deep down, we are driven to be good. And I think that's what having a brand enables you to do, to have that kind of an impact. So I think you have to come at it from there, not from people are gonna make mean comments because this is so tiny in comparison to what this is that I think you just have to get used to kind of dampening those fears down.
0: Yeah, no, you're so right. I. I'm really inspired by this idea that our our biggest obstacle is ourself. Yeah, you know, and our biggest obstacle is sometimes the fear of what people think, what people will say, reactions, negative comments. I've started to realize that if I don't get some, not I don't know, I don't want to say negative, but if I don't get some comments or some engagement that I didn't expect, you know, that might be a little bit different from what. Um, what I was expecting, that I'm actually not doing a good job because, you know, I think it's all about challenging and about, you know, provoking sometimes and and actually stimulating conversations. I mean, if we're being truly innocuous and not taking any risks and not taking a stance, you know, um, are we really doing the best job that we that we can? Because, yeah. you know, working through objections that is in my opinion where the beauty lies that is where we as human beings do exactly what we're designed to do which is to solve problems it's getting objections and then addressing those you know i i'm also really inspired by the fact that you you are very comfortable in your skin like i when we before we hit record um, you had a quick choice to kind of do a wardrobe change, which is really cool because you just wanted to feel comfortable and you ended up throwing a, a T-shirt on, which is awesome. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people get stuck in the audio and the, the internet connection. Do I have the right mic? Do I have the right clothes? Do I have my makeup? Is the light correct? Yeah. Um, and, I, and it's unfortunate because, you know, yeah, I have lights and I have this, but I didn't shower today. I haven't combed my hair yet. Like, this is me, <laughs> you know? this is me. And I, and I try to, to bring that, you know, were you always like that or did you at some point make a choice and go through a a transformation or just being comfortable Um, in your own skin?
1: No, I mean, no, I've been on a massive journey. I think of, of all of those kinds of things. I think, no, definitely a hundred percent. I mean, I've always been very sure of myself in terms of what I do and don't want and what I do and don't think, but in terms of, of, um, no i've not always been confident putting myself out there because i had i did have a lot of fear of 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 the of what people would say but i think for me the more that I don't think about myself and think about other people and just let go of the things. Like I just notice when something's bothering me and then I just let it go. I think the more I feel like I'm becoming my, like more and more true to myself Mm. and not being a like cardboard cutout of the society or whatever it is that's, that's created me to be a certain way. And I think that's really addictive. Once you start peeling off layers of like crap, essentially that doesn't really need to be there. Um, which is like belief systems or things that somebody else has said or things you've picked up, you never thought in the first place, but everybody else thought. So you thought you should think them and then they became a habit. And then that habit became your reality. The more that we can like remove these things, I think the more we get to experience who we who we truly are. And I used to, for, like you said, I used to think a lot about video and doing my makeup and stuff. And, all, and actually I do have makeup on today, but a lot of the time I'll do interviews and stuff without makeup on. Um, I don't know. I'm not trying to be a you know a a big celebrity you know influencer with about the way that i look i just want to be myself and if being myself can inspire teach help one person then i think that's great um you know every single time i get a message from somebody that says um something positive about an impact that i might have had on them like it just makes it gives me a feeling like no other feeling i've ever had in my life um knowing that just that person's life could be made that tiny bit better um just by one thing um i just think is so is so motivating and it makes me care very little about my, you know my own stuff and i'm just more motivated to remove more and more of the of the negative beliefs or the me- negative talk so yeah i would say it's been a i'd say it's been a fairly long process but i i would say that i've always been so driven to not care about the silly things um i think i i lost a cousin i was very close to when i was 21 and she was 29 and her death just taught me so much about how little she died two months after a cancer diagnosis and i just i couldn't believe that one minute she was here and one minute she was gone and that that's how quickly everything can be done and do you really want to waste any of that time when you could have been making somebody laugh or making somebody feel good or making the world slightly better and i just think that that just always drives me it's just it's just is that
0: Mm. And you wrote a book about this.
1: Well, kind of, yeah. I wrote a book about um, how to build your personal brand. So how to start through. So it tells a little bit about my story and my journey. And then it goes through a lot of the mindset stuff and talking through some of the fear stuff. And then it goes through uh, my methodology for building. So I created a methodology to build a a, a powerful personal brand, uh, which is essentially the seven core components of powerful personal brands. If you look at any big personal brand out there, they have seven things that they all do. And I basically created a methodology. And then that's what my book is about. It's about guiding people on how to do that. Um, And at the end, it's about managing your time and things like that. So that you can actually find the time to do it because fear and time are the biggest reasons that people don't build their brand. So started with fear, I taught them how to build their brand. And then I ended it with how to manage their time.
0: That's, that's really, really actionable. I I really like that. It's, it's so, it's so nice. You know, when you're trying to, deconstruct something, you know, reverse engineer success, it's it's really challenging because you can spend so much time trying to understand what people are doing and then based on what you understand to come up with your own methodology. And yeah, that could take yeah. that could take years. And you know, entire mediums can change, your fear profile can change and that yeah. story can change your profession, your skill set, your value. And I think it's that's so interesting that you kind of broke it down to people and just sort of gave them ingredients or a recipe or and then ultimately a methodology to be um to be actionable
1: yeah and i mean i think you can apply i mean i love doing that i love seeing a result on working backwards i love creating frameworks and like like i just love doing that i find it so satisfying to like i'm very like always been an organized person like i I love doing i've always loved doing that i've always loved efficiency i've always been interested in business i was very very young when everyone else used to get like barbies for christmas i used to get like uh palm pilots and like fake phones so i could make fake sales calls and um and yeah and and i think what i've always believed is that you know as i said right at the beginning is that if something's possible if i see that something's been made possible then i want then i've seen that it's possible so i can work backwards and work out how they did it uh and i'm not saying you know i couldn't look at michael jordan and work out how to become best basketball player in the world but i'd be able to work you know if i really studied it you could work backwards and work out which elements he did that made him who he is um and I think that I've always been very interested in I've always been very interested in observing and understanding. And I think when I when I wanted to go on this journey of building my personal brand and helping other people to build their personal brands, the natural next step was to look at the biggest and the best and work out what they did and what they all had in common. And I think it's a great way to, to learn. You know, you benchmark where, where success is and then you work backwards. And I think what annoys me about a lot of the kind of Um, I love the e-learning market. I love the general kind of infopreneur world. I think it's so exciting that, you know, we all know, we can all teach someone about everything. You know, like if I look at like my family, for example, you know, there are some very businessy people in the family. There's my cousin who, um, she's very like maternal and she loves like keeping our house clean. And she teaches me all the time about like random ways to clean things. And like, we all have something that we can teach people. And I love the fact that we can do that now online. So I think... For me, it's just that if there's a possible way of doing something, I want to work at how to do it. And then once I've worked out how to do it, I want to help other people to do it. Um, it's, if it works. So I think that's what that's what motivates me. And I think making things step by step is what a lot of things don't happen online. It's just kind of they throw information at you and then it's sort of like off you go. Um, you know, try this, try this, try this. And I think actually if you can break things down step by step and lay a layer and then lay a layer on top, and I think that's what my methodology is about. It's like, start with your purpose, then work out your niche, then work out your audience, then work out your communication, then work out your content. And you layer, it's much more powerful than if you try to jump to the end, which is what a lot of people try to do. So that's why I like to do a methodology because it keeps people going through the steps rather than jumping to the destination.
0: Nice. And then if you were to give us sort of a, a tactical strategy, if you could summarize something for us, if if we really want to focus on our personal brand, yeah. you know, what would you say the top kind of actionable tips are that we should pursue?
1: So the first thing is I is spending some time really identifying what you feel that your really core purpose and mission really is, like deep down, as, as deep and as cheesy as you want to make it. Uh, I think you really want to start there defining that. And then it's about looking at your niche, identifying what is that one thing that you're the best at, the thing that you love, the thing that the world really needs, the thing that helps you to deliver that purpose and work out what that what is. So if you've got your why, that purpose piece, work out what that what is and then spend some time communicating that and working on your communication. This is where so many people go wrong because they they think, well, I know what I do and I know what I mean, so everybody else will know. But actually, the more that we can quickly communicate what we do, why we do it, and as minimal words as possible and as quickly and as clearly as possible in the busy world that we live in, um, it's really important to be able to, to do that. And then it's a case of moving into creating your content and working out what that content is gonna be, which platforms are you gonna use? you know, Which, um, which medium you're gonna use? Are you gonna be a video person? Are you gonna be a written person? And and building it in that way. And then always iterating and improving that whole process and never feeling like you're done. I think you need to treat every every time you learn something, you should always be realizing how much more you have to learn. And I think you have to fall in love with that process of, of that always starting from scratch. Cause I think, you know, I'll release something and it will go well, and then I'll start something new. And it's like being a beginner again. But I think that's so important. I think we always Being a beginner all the time is what keeps you humble. It's what keeps your brain, you know, your brain is, it isn't a muscle, is it? But it is kind of like a muscle where you're training it and you're building new connections in your brain and all of this stuff. Um, And I think you always want to be training your brain and loving that process. So that's what I would say. That's what I would say it is. And if you do have any fear fear stuff that's coming up, um, talk it out with someone like, or journal it out even. Just try and delve into, because it's never what you think it is you know, a fear of what people think. If you dig, 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 it's a fear that you think you're not good enough or you, a fear of rejection. Like it's it's so much deeper than that. And when you break it down, um, it's probably not as bad as you think it is, but it's just b- built up so much mass that it becomes stronger than it actually is.
0: So let's let's actually get into that topic because I think that's um, that's something that I'm super passionate about. I love to share this idea of understanding what fear is and uh, you know, as as Tony Blauer sometimes says, you know, separating the the, the physiology of fear and the psychology of fear because they're these two different things that we that we feel and uh, they cause us to react in certain ways, like a fight or flight or freeze uh, situation. And yeah. what, you know, I, I love how you kind of broke down this idea of fear is not necessarily what it is at face value. Sometimes we have to go a couple of levels deeper. Yeah. Talk to me about that, because, you know, people don't do things because of exactly what you said, fear and time. And we've got a lot of time on our hands right now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's get into the fear component. You know what? um, How does it stop us? How do we overcome it? How do we understand it? You know, how do we dissect it? How do we how do we self-realize?
1: Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's such an interesting topic. You know, it's it's the thing that I spend most of my time outside of like my kind of work, work, studying and understanding, you know, reading things from Marianne Williamson, Gabby Bernstein, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I mean, all of these people talk about fear in different ways, but it's all, you know, it all comes from a place of basically, you know, we have fear and love or we have fear and faith, whatever you want to call the, the love side. And the fear, the ego is, know is clever it's it's there to protect us and it was evolved to protect us you know to have fear and to have fight and flight so that when a tiger is going to attack you you know you're going to know to run but the thing is we've essentially um we've evolved at such like a rapid rate from the internet and stuff that we've like gone faster than like our evolution is ready to take us which means that we've got all of these um fight or flight things that are being triggered all the time. And then every time for me, what I believe, and this isn't like a fact, but what I believe is that every time something triggers you and you feel that fight or flight, that like puts a layer. And then the next time it happens, it puts another layer on. And that's how you you can keep building up a fear which started as just one thing and then it grew and then it grew and it grew it grew and over like 10 15 20 years whatever it's then a massive massive fear but it actually started as one very tiny thing that if you're dealt with at the time wouldn't have become such a big fear and i think it's really interesting that Um, you know, obviously all the mindfulness movement and all of this stuff has come out. And I've tried to do meditation and mindfulness for so long. And and I've always struggled for about six or seven years until my younger brother has just done a master's in psychology, and an undergraduate and then a master's and he's going to do a PhD. And he told me the power of mindfulness is about gaining the awareness of your thoughts of your negative thinking, you don't have to do anything with it, you don't Mm -hmm. have to try and change it and make it positive. You just have to be aware of when something negative comes up and just kind of go Okay, And then the more you do that, essentially what you do is you take those layers back off until it goes back to that one tiny thing again. And it has no power. So it's not an overnight thing. Well, for me, it's not an overnight thing where I can go, well, I've had this fear of what people think since I was 10 years old. So tomorrow I'm not going to feel it anymore. Um, Maybe there are ways to do that. I don't know. For me, it's about having even identifying the fact I've got that fear. And then I just start having the awareness of when it's coming up. And then it just starts coming off and the power of it just starts going away and those layers just start removing. And um, I think for most people, the feeling of fear is so scary that they prefer to to distract themselves. So they never actually go through this process, which is why they just keep building and building and building. And you get people in their mid-50s having breakdowns and going, I want to you know, quit my, you know, I want to, I've got 10 more years. I'm going to work. I'm going to retire. I'm not going to retire. I'm going to go and start a new job or I'm going to go and get a fast car. I'm going to go and move to another country because they've let that go up and up and up and then something snapped and they've gone, actually, this is not what I want. And I think the earlier that we can start to be brave enough. And this is why my biggest motive in everything that I do, even if I do it horribly wrong is just to show that to just to be brave and to be courageous, because even if, people think what I'm doing is crazy, even if it just makes them think, well, she's a she's being brave. So maybe I could be a little bit brave. The more bravery and courage that we can motivate in ourselves, the more we can find these things and start to break them down. But it does take bravery. And that takes practice. So I think the first step is practicing being brave, doing things that push you a little bit out of your comfort zone that help you to practice that stretch that bravery muscle, you know, say that, say to that person who keeps saying things to you, do you mind not saying that anymore? Trying something a little bit new, you know, putting yourself out there a tiny bit. And once you cultivate bravery, um, which I believe was the biggest, like the first big step in my kind of movement through where to where I am now, once you've seen yourself be brave, um, you just want to keep being brave and keep being courageous. And then that's how I think you start to break through those fears because that you you think I'm stronger than this fear. You know, I, I'm a brave, you know, I'm brave. So, you know, I'm, bra- I'm, I'm I'm braver than you, so that hmm. you to the fear. So for me, that's kind of what the process looks like. Um, so yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah there's, there's a really beautiful kind of cycle that I think we're exploring here, which is, you know, it starts with this idea, I think in mindfulness, to your point, where mindfulness is, and you know, my I have a mindfulness coach, in fact, who's also a, a martial arts coach to me um, in Bruce Lee's form of Jeet Kune Do. So uh, in, in this idea of mindfulness that I've been learning about, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's this ability to acknowledge the things that are yeah. happening, not to try to fight them and overcome them. A lot of people, when they meditate and then they're distracted, they think about something. They're like, oh, I have to buy something on Amazon or, oh, I want to check out that yeah. podcast or, oh, what's that sound outside? It's not about trying to fight what is happening within your attention span. It's just acknowledging that it's present. You yeah. know. I feel uncomfortable. I feel like this. I have to remember to take out the trash. I have to do X, Y, and Z. This is occurring. Um, And just knowing that and just the sheer fact that you acknowledge it and just take a moment to embrace it for just a moment allows you to actually overcome it. And I think that maybe is what you're referring to. Yeah. You know, whereas if we try to fight it, then all of a sudden it's just putting fuel on a fire. And there's just, there's no way to meditate when you, when you are remembering that you need to go and take out the trash. There's just no way to do it. Yeah. You know, you can't, you're going to be distracted, but just saying that that exists, um, and just moving on with it, it allows you to just overcome it. So I think that's kind of the first thing, but then I think the really interesting second note that you were touching upon is this idea of, you know, being courageous. Yeah. And, you know, in my convo with Tony Blauer, who's sort of like the, uh, Preeminent kind of personality and, and fear and and, and self defense, you know. It's this idea of if you're not afraid, you can't be brave. You know, if you're not afraid of something, if there's not some chasm, some challenge, yeah. there's no yeah. way to be a hero in that, right?
1: Yeah, I get that. Yeah,
0: you know, and uh, you know, someone that's a sociopath that goes and does something, you know, what they think is heroic or or it's terrible. And they to them it's heroic that there's nothing that's not that's not courage i mean they have nothing to lose they're they're in a different mindset you know so i think that that cycle of acknowledging but then sort of embracing fear and then just improving and just getting into that cycle and just doing it and not really caring i think that that is i think it's healthy <laughs> you
1: know? yeah and the thing is is that we are you know at the end of the day we are brave every single person is brave because you know, we, we, we've survived like a really long time, right? Humans have survived like (laughs) ages and you have to be brave to survive because that means that if something goes wrong, you, you don't give up. Right. We, you you watch these films, you read these books, you know, you watch films like I remember watching the pianist. Have you seen it? The pianist, the film. And I remember watching it. And I was with, I had, it was when I was living in Bali and I was living with this guy Um, who's I lived in a villa with loads of people, but this one guy was living with us at the time and, I just I, I couldn't understand why this guy fought to stay alive when he had in my nothing to live for his entire family had had died and I just couldn't it 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 stressed me for so long I think I was having a bit of an existential crisis at the time of why would you you know why would you just keep going what is it that makes you just keep going what is that that you're going for and I think that you know that is an example of how brave you can be when you're really put to the test. And I think that everyone has that in them. I just think that we don't necessarily test ourselves. We don't necessarily put ourselves in positions where we have to be our bravest because I don't think we really have, you know, the best, necessarily all have had the best role models or whatever of people that we're following or whatever it is in the world to really show us to be brave. You know, the kind of, I think a lot of the culture is, you know, to to play it safe, you know, there's this fear based stuff around, taking risks and stuff you know a lot of when I told people I was starting a business you know I got 50 percent of people saying that's amazing and 50 percent people saying oh my god how are you going to do that you know (laughs) it's like there's this thing of like you know this can't culture and I think what what's happening now is this can culture is coming in where we're actually starting to see that you know we can and people can and and when you actually put yourself out there and you, and you test yourself and, and I'm kind of addicted to it now. Like I always want to test myself and see like, what can I, what can I be braver about? Like every day I'm just, like, I want to be stronger and more courageous than I was yesterday. Um, you know, I want to find more stuff. I want to fight more monsters. I want to like, just do this. And I think it, once you start, you, 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 you know, you, you don't need to stop, you know, you just can keep going with it. And I think the people that lead our lead the world and stuff, you know, that these really like amazing people that we have out there, um you know they've just practiced that bravery muscle that courageous muscle and I think that we all can do that and I think that's what motivates me so much I mean I love personal branding and I love what I do but the bit that really gets me going is when I see somebody believe in themselves in a way that they they didn't necessarily before and I know it might sound you know cheesy or whatever but you know when they realize they have something of value to offer and then they go but what do I do now so I've got it I know I've got something to say and I'm like well now you go and do it, and then they're scared and stuff. And then they do it, and then they're just like buzzed because they're like, "Wow, I did that thing that I've been so scared of doing, and it wasn't that scary. And now I'm in this whole different game. I've moved into a whole different level of my of my life. And I think for me, that's what's so exciting is, pu- is pushing to that next level.
0: Now you did uh, you did a TEDx talk, yeah. And as I understand it, it was it was on it was touched upon in some of the topics that we're bringing up right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, t- take me through that.
1: Yeah, so um yeah, have you done one at TEDx talk? No, no. No. Very strange experience.
0: But I've interviewed people that have done TEDx. Yeah.
1: Talks. <laughs> but it's very yeah, but do you know what it's because I very like when I go and do a talk or whatever I'm like quite casual with it. Like obviously I prepare and stuff. I always talk to the audience and it's quite like flowy and casual, but a TEDx talk was like turning up to like a drama exam. Um <laughs> It really was like stressful. I felt like I was at school, everyone's cramming their notes and it's very weird. It's very like formal. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a really good experience um, and definitely a good example of being brave because it was actually, I never really get nervous for speeches. A little bit, like a little bit nervous, but not like I want to run away and hide nervous. Mm. But I actually felt really, did feel really scared for this for this TEDx talk. And, and um, what,
0: was, uh, what was, how did you get into that process?
1: The TEDx process. Yeah. Well actually, so I um my mum was invited to do one and she said, Can I do it with my daughter? So we did it together.
0: Nice. And then what was the topic?
1: So the topic was do we need adversity to create transformation? Mm in our lives so you know you always hear these stories of people who have gone through something awful and that's why they are where they are you know there's always whenever you see somebody really succeed there's always a story behind them if they came from nothing or they had this awful thing happen to them or um you know there is there is some form of knock which has enabled them to be who they are and they there's some form of adversity which has which has pivoted them or changed their life in some way and this, you know I've I've had I've experienced, you know, some some adversity in my life and I would say that it absolutely has made my life so much better and made me so much better as a person. And you know, I look back on on the adversity which I've experienced with with gratitude because of the path that it took me on. But I guess we we wanted to kind of talk through whether you know, we had to go through bad stuff to actually change our lives. Did we, you know, or or could we just do it without having to hit the shit um and i think that was a topic that we were kind of you know examining because you know most clients when i work with them you know almost coaches or or mindfulness coaches or who you know all of these people that are doing all of these self development and transformational things whether it's you know what i do or whether it's somebody doing some sort of massive life coaching thing it's it always people push you to it they push to a point and then they go right now i need help and it's like, can we get there before the bad things ha- bad things happen? Do you have to wait for the for the pain to create the result? Um, so that's what we were kind of kind of talking through. So that was the, what the the TEDx was about.
0: Isn't it funny how when we're going through adversity, it's so painful. It's something we don't want. You know, we just we want it to be done with. But then when we surface from it and we survive from it and we evolve from it and learn from it and we look back in hindsight. And we say, I kind of needed that to get to where I am in my life right now. I needed that door to close to find this window to go through, or I yeah. needed to go through that to really evolve as a person and to become uh, stronger to to be able to to overcome and to beat the monsters that you that you mentioned. You know, it's yeah. it's it's sort of like this interesting paradox where we we hate it but we need it, and if we didn't have it, we wouldn't be who we who we are or who we who we are supposed to become. You know? Yeah. You
1: know? I know it is a really interesting one and that's why, you know, we picked that topic because I think we just kind of wanted to, you know, your, the concept of a TEDx is, you know, what's your idea worth spreading? And I think what I wanted people to leave with, what we wanted, mum and I, people to leave with was just a little bit of inward reflection of, you know, have I been moaning about stuff? Have Am I taking enough personal responsibility for my life or, you know, it, it, am I having to, am I waiting for something to go wrong for me to then, you know, pull out, pull my finger out or whatever? um because i think you know some of the best people that i've met and i've learned from and follow and stuff have been through some dreadful things or you know and, and share that openly or, and i don't know i don't know i i personally don't think that we have to have massive massive knocks to create change um if we are surrounded with the right people you know that 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 push us and things like that but um yeah i mean i think it is a really interesting topic i yeah, I love to. I look forward to like when, you know, when I'm not sort of like hu- not so much hustling away, but you know, spending the day to day on my business. At the moment, is very much in the creation mode of you know creating new products and getting things out the door. It's very much like that. I look forward to you know one day being one of those people that can just sit around and read really philosophical books and um, talk about all like philosophy around this stuff because I think it's so interesting.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. That's so cool. Well, I just shared the link uh, to your to your TEDx talk. Uh, and I also shared the link to your to your book on Amazon. Thank and you. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was it was so good to to have this convo. It's really refreshing because I think uh, you know, from my perspective on this, you know, personal branding is a result of of many things. And it's it's I think it's the result of self-confidence, you know, story, inspiration, wanting to provide value, wanting to help people, you know, that feeling that you talk about where you affect yeah. change on that one person, you know, um, that's the power of it. It's it's in fact not, um, I think to your earlier point, it's not about ego. It's not about no. saying, I want to be here and I want to be this super influencer. <laughs> it's not about that. It's, it's no. truly about affecting legacy and affecting change.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, I can understand why people would think that it is about the other way, because that's what a lot that is the way some people are. And also the term personal branding comes across a little bit like you are being a bit egotistical and self-promotional. So I don't really blame people for thinking in that way. But my kind of mission, I guess, is to is to help people to see things in a different way around this topic and see it as as a vehicle for good and a vehicle for change. Um, So, yeah. You there?
0: We are back. We Ooh. had a little, we had a little outage there. Yeah, we had a little outage. So I'm not sure where we got cut off, but uh, I apologize for that. But we are back. That's um, okay. I just want to have. I'm going to just ask another question for you. So, yeah. uh, what? At what point did you realize that it's the things behind the branding are the things that are holding us back? You know, the idea of fear, the idea of self-confidence. You know, at what point did you realize that you needed to dissect some of these things, be, in order to to be a, a branding expert, really?
1: I think it was when I actually, when I actually decided that this was what I wanted to do. So, what, when I first started my business, my first business, it was very broad. Um, I did kind of loads of different things you know, I did, it was an agency, but I did project management and tech and branding and so many different things. And it wasn't, it was fine. It, it did quite well for a first business, but it wasn't, it wasn't really working. It wasn't really what I wanted. And when I really sat down and I went back to Bali last January and I actually, I was really homesick. Um, And I planned actually to stay in Bali for another year and then go to Los Angeles, but I needed to come. I, I was so homesick. I was like, I have to go home. And it really surprised me. So I I was like, okay, if I'm going to go home, I have to go home with all of the learnings and everything from Bali and with a really clear plan so that I know that I don't fall off the wagon of all the work that I've done in terms of all this great time in Bali. So I just did so much inward reflection on the life that I wanted, the person I wanted to be, what I loved, what I hated. I did so many online courses. I read so many books. I was like some like sponge of personal development. And then I realized, I was like, it makes so much sense to do personal branding because it brings together my whole story. First of all, it makes sense. It brings together my love of like marketing and online sales and all these things that I love. And it brings together, most importantly, my love of people and stories and sharing. So I decided I wanted to do personal branding. And then I worked everything out. I worked out my methodology. And then I sat down to record my first video and I just didn't want to do it. I was so scared. I... I'd done videos before, but not like of me sat in front of a camera being like, this is me. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I believe. This is how I see the world. And I was so scared. So then I had to go on another journey of fighting through that fear um, and working that through. So the reason that I knew that it was going to come up for my clients is because it came up for me. And I had to work through that. And right. um, I think That's for me, I, yeah, I think for me, I always tried to bring my experience into any situation, and if I'm scared of something, then probably somebody else is too. And to be honest, I just spend so much time listening to my clients and trying to understand them so that I can help them more. You know, there's this tendency when you're, um, you know, when you're, when it's your job to kind of help somebody with their brand or with their sales, for you to be the one who's always talking and always giving the guidance and giving this and giving that. Actually, what I realised was if I just don't speak and the other person speaks, the results are way better. So, um, so I just spent so much time listening to my clients, talking to my friends, talking to my family, talking to anybody and trying to understand, you know, talking to my, as I said, my 13 year old um, cousin's daughter or my 93 year old grandpa and just trying to understand this stuff. And when I realized it, but when the kind of big moment was, was when I realized how affected I was by that. And I thought I have to get through this to help other people because, what a horrible way to have your life limited by scared, being scared of something that probably doesn't even exist. You know, it's <laughs> not real. Yeah. None of right. us this time last year were sat in our houses panicking that coronavirus was going to change our world forever, leave us locked in our houses for months on end. None of us worried about that. We worried about other stuff, like where we were going to go on holiday or how much weight we needed to lose or how we're going to do this or how we're mm. going to do that or whether that person was going to apply to our message. That's what we worried about. We didn't worry about this. And then what happened? None of all those other things we are worrying about happened and this happened instead so i just think because there's just no there's no reason or there's no way to know what's going to happen tomorrow or even in five minutes um the best way is in the now be brave and work through that fear and then worry about don't worry about the outcome and you know what i found so powerful i just have to say this is have you watched the last dance documentary on netflix about michael jordan and the bull no Mm -mm. You have to watch it. It's incredible. And at the end of it, what they say is what was so unique about Michael Jordan, who is one of the most spectacular humans that we've ever had on this planet in terms of when you watch that story, what he did, not just for basketball, but for culture and business and everything is so crazy. And they say at the end, they say that um, what was so amazing about Michael was that he was so present. He didn't worry about missing a basket. He didn't even worry about the next thing. He just worried about what he was doing now. And that's what made him such a good player. And I think that is just the perfect poster for me of why we should all do meditation and mindfulness and all of these things, because presence is what makes you so powerful and good at what you do. And you don't, you're not going to be scared if you're in this exact moment, because this exact moment is probably pretty perfect, right? Most of the time. Right. So I think, I think for me, it's helping my clients to basically realize that and i think yeah that that's kind of my experience
0: and and it's it's interesting you know i see you're wearing a nike shirt and air you know michael jordan when he went to nike and he negotiated the deal there was no nike logo involved oh my god i know in fact i think he's the only person that has his own logo (laughs) and uh you know talk about the power of personal branding
1: oh my goodness absolutely i mean yeah it's it's it's, an, it's incredible because you know he wasn't just loved because he was good at basketball his story his swagger everything about him was so cool and everyone just so connected to it and they the thing is there's this great quote um it's actually i put it in my book but i can't remember who said it is that people are silently begging to be led and wow. that we are all looking for people to be inspired by people to learn from people whether they're super famous or whether it's just like someone on down the street um, we're, 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 you know, we're, we are silently looking for people to follow, even if we're leaders ourselves, there's always going to be a leader ahead of you. Right. right. Um, and that's what it's been since like forever, you know, like the ultimate personal brand is probably Jesus because he's managed to <laughs> keep his stuff going for a very long time with no social media. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's an amazing topic it, and if yeah. you see it from of the place of, of leadership and, and story and inspiration, I think it's, it's a very exciting, very exciting thing to to think about.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, Jesus's form of social media, media was uh, toast. You know, sometimes, you know, you'll see on the internet, there's like a piece of toast with Jesus. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Oh yeah. Got, like,
0: <laughs> yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, what I always love to say is, you know, fear is false evidence appearing real. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's this idea of, uh, you know, there are things that we worry about, but we don't really need to worry about them because they're not really real. I mean, of course, we have to be responsible, and we have to survive. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, the vast majority of what fear it is, is just something in our head. Yeah, yeah
1: and it's, and, and something I learned recently from Dr. Joe Dispenza is that 95% of our thoughts are subconscious, and only 5% mm-hmm. are conscious. So 95% mm-hmm. of what and also we have 70,000 between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day and 80% of those are the same as yesterday so if you don't start getting some conscious awareness of what you're thinking and those fear-based things which are holding you back they are just repeating over and over again every single day of your life on that subconscious autopilot and life will never change if you don't start changing that Um, so I think you know what before you do your brand unless you're already motivated to do your brand if you're not yet ready to do your brand just spend some time, follow one of these amazing people online. There are so many incredible resources. You know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I think is an absolute king um, of this stuff because he puts physics and science behind spirituality, basically, which just like you bring all those things together and I'm just like sat in front of my TV watching his documentaries. Like this is the most incredible Mm -hmm. thing ever. Um, And just digging into that, digging into our thought patterns because that's where the power lies, right? Everyone knows that everyone knows that the mind is more powerful than anything else. So That's what I think is where you should be spending, everyone should be spending their time. How amazing. We could just wake up one day and, you know, if you just said, if I just said someone like, you could feel everything could be perfect right now, just right in this second, this is perfect. You could feel that everything is perfect with no concerns about your dinner or the Amazon order or your bills, or if that person's mad at you, this, you could just feel 100% happy in that moment. People would pay loads of money for that, but you don't need to. right?
0: You know, right. I, I
1: can sell that. You could sell that for so much money and people would spend that much money on it when actually it's so it can actually be so simple. So yeah.
0: Amazing. Well, Hannah Power, I I really appreciated this this conversation. I think that there were some really important topics that we talked about here, you know, yeah. really going deep and dissecting into really what uh, what personal branding is about and then the things that are holding us back from personal branding. So how can people find you LinkedIn website? Give us some uh, social.
1: Yeah. So the best thing to do is just hannapower.co.uk is my website, or just Google Hannah Power. Um, there's some cool resources. I've got like a scorecard, so people can find out what their personal brand score is, which is quite a good way to to start. So it's PowerfulLeaders.co/scorecard. Um, I can send you the URL, but that's quite a nice way to just get a little bit of insight into where you're at with your with your um, with your brand.
0: Very cool. Amazing. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank, thank, you, thank you for having That
1: was really fun.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Be Enjoyed well.
1: It. Have a nice evening. All right. Oh, good of the day. Have a nice day.
0: Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> bye. Bye bye. Ciao.